Hello, FPL managers. Welcome to the eighth episode of the FPL Optimized podcast. This is the podcast in which we combine analytics with the good old eye test. I'm Bas, the casual manager, and my co-host is Sertop, the data scientist. Data or grass, or data and grass? That's the question. And today it's an exciting day as the game just went live while we were getting ready to record this episode. So game week one planning can finally start. Are you excited, Sertop? Yeah, I am excited. We were waiting for this <laughs> so long. <laughs> All right. Yeah, me too. <laughs> so yeah, thanks everyone for listening again. Uh, I mean, these were exciting days anyway, as uh, lots of FPL price points were already announced on Twitter during the past couple of days. And uh, to help you with planning, Sertob and I will do our best to share some useful information uh, as we usually try to do. Today we want to bring it back to some of the basics as we are getting ready for the new season. So, you know, what type of analytics are we using? What kind of data do we need for it? What is a solver? And etc. So, as casual manager, I'll be asking Sertop some questions about it, which he'll hopefully be able to answer. <laughs> How does that sound? Yeah, good idea. But I'm eager to find out which questions you will have for me. But yeah, before we go into that, shall we look at the transfers again, as you call looking through the transfer window? Yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll look through the window again. Or actually, I have <laughs> looked through the window and made some notes. So yeah, I'm happy to do that. Uh, and as mentioned in previous episodes, in this section, we're keeping track of the most interesting confirmed transfers, both in and out. Uh, so we potentially can identify some of our fantasy targets. We'll only mention the officially confirmed ones, uh, and we will not go into the rumored ones, as there are many of those. So yeah, I went through the news again, and here are a few that stood out to me in alphabetical order by team. So starting again with Arsenal, as we do every week, because mm -hmm. uh, the Gunners are quite active on the transfer market. Uh, and the latest confirmed signing was the one of uh, Gabriel Jesus from Man City. And that's, of course, a big signing for the club and potentially also an attractive FPL option. Um, yeah, so before the FPL uh, prize wasn't announced yet in the app, because I think also FPL was waiting for the transfer to be announced. But I think with the app now live, we should be able to see his prize. I, think I didn't get to do that yet, but uh, we can do that while we're talking. Yeah, I will check it quickly. Well, yeah, I guess. Mm hmm Around nine million, maybe. That's but, what I uh, expect. Yeah. Oh, we'll okay. See. I see it. Eight million. Eight million. Okay, mm -hmm. not bad. So that yeah. can be an interesting option uh, in the Arsenal attack. Then the second club on the list is Chelsea, and yeah, the move uh, on loan from big Rom Lukaku was confirmed to Inter Milan. Mm -hmm. Um. I'm a bit sad about it, as I had big hopes of Lukaku when he made the move to Chelsea last year. But yeah, it didn't really work that well. He did arrive in London in top form, and I remember he had a lot of confidence when he came over. But unfortunately, it went kind of downhill from there. So yeah, let's hope you'll find his form back in Italy. Uh, and yeah, from an FPL perspective, it might not matter too much, as I think most managers didn't select him anymore at the end of the season. But let's see, Chelsea might sign a new attacker, and that, of course, could be interesting again. Mm -hmm. Then Everton, 
Um, I noticed that James Tarkovsky came over from relegated Burnley. And uh, well, I didn't notice that, notice that before. It kind of went under the radar. But at Burnley, he was often uh, a popular option as he can also score the occasional goal. So maybe, you know, something to keep an eye on for Everton as well. Mm-hmm. And on the way out was a key player for the Toffees, which was uh, Richarlison. He went to Spurs. And of course, he had a great end to last season and he will leave a big gap there uh, in at uh, the Merseyside club. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, again, let's see who will replace him. Yeah. Then moving to Leeds, the England international Calvin Phillips has left the club and he will join Man City for a fee of £50 million, pounds, which is a lot of money, of course, for Leeds. So it will be interesting to see how Leeds is going to spend it to strengthen their squad. Mm-hmm. Um, at Liverpool, Minamino has left the club. He's joining Monaco in France. Uh, I think he never really was a big FPL uh, option, unfortunately, because, uh, yeah, um, I think when he arrived, there were some good uh, expectations, but yeah. the Japanese international could never really impress the fans. So I think it's quite logical that he's moving on. Yeah. Then for Man City, well, we mentioned that already. So Calvin Phillips is joining from Leeds and Gabriel Jesus has left to Arsenal. Then the other club in Manchester, United. Uh, the move of Ericsson is still not confirmed yet, but I think it's close to be confirmed. So we'll probably talk about that in the next episode. But the one that did get confirmed earlier today is the transfer of Tyrell Malassia, who is a 22-year-old wingback coming over from Feyenoord to Rotterdam. And that makes him the first official signing of the new coach, Eric Ten Hag. Mm-hmm. And I also noticed that the goalkeeper, Dean Henderson, has joined Nottingham Forest on loan. And we might remember that he did quite well at Sheffield a few seasons ago. So again, something to keep an eye on. Could be an interesting option maybe for goalkeeper on the bench. Then Newcastle, quite a big signing there with Dutch defender Sven Botman coming over from Lille in France. Uh, He's a very strong centre-back joining the club, which again might make their defensive options quite appealing, including also uh, the goalkeeper Nick Pope. So let's see. Mm -hmm. And then ending with the Spurs, who, as I mentioned before, signed Richarlison from Everton for $60 So that's quite a lot of money. Uh, which yeah, it sounds quite normal now. Those kind of amounts. I think a few years ago, this this would be uh, you know, <laughs> seen as a huge amount, but it, it got normal quite fast. Uh, so yeah, let's see how we will do there together with Kane and Son, mm-hmm. and you know also what it could mean, for example, for a player like Kulusevski who was successful last season. Yeah. Um, so yeah, lots of interesting things happening. So uh, yeah, in summary, a very busy transfer market. And of course, the activity isn't over yet, and we'll make sure to keep you updated here in the FPL Optimized podcast. So before we go to the next topic, FPL, as I mentioned, has released some prices during the last couple of days. And of course, now with the app available, we can see all the prices. Uh, but it was exciting already to find out some of the key ones during the previous days. Was there anything that stood out to you, Sir Talp? Yeah, some of the obvious ones. I didn't have time to check all the prices in the app. Uh, I was only checking the yeah. announcements on the official FPL Twitter uh, yeah. account. But 
Yeah, looks like premium goalkeepers are cheaper this season with Ellison at 5.5 and Mandy at yeah. 5 million. I Indeed. found it really interesting because optimization was already insisting on premium goalkeepers last season, even when they were at like 6 million. So, okay. yeah, that's pretty interesting, I, I think. And yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so Perisic, the Tottenham yeah. defender at 5.5, it's also a great value, I think. Most yeah. people will have him. And Haaland, we talked, but yeah, that mm-hmm. was one of the you know big questions, his price. But yeah, uh, it looks like he's cheaper than most people predicted too, with 11.5. And yeah. another surprising price was Alexander-Arnold with 7.5 again. <laughs> okay. Funny, but James is at 6. I mean, it sounds like these two are must-haves for anyone. Luis Diaz is a promising pick, I think. And for okay. goalkeepers, Raya and Sanchez at 4.5 as, you know, cheap goalkeeper options is yeah. attempting. I expected yeah. most of these players to be in the, the templates of Game Week 1. And mm-hmm. maybe Tony at 7 million is a good option too, but yeah, I'm not so sure. Okay, yeah. And it's interesting what you said about the goalkeepers, as I usually try to stay away from the premium options. <laughs> but yeah, with Mendy now, for example, at five million, maybe it's worth the upgrade compared to yeah, Raya and Sanchez at at four point five. And yeah, I was also thinking, and I actually saw a tweet about that. Somebody said, you know, if you look at Allison, who last season, uh, his, his total points was actually quite close to the points of Robertson. But uh, at the same time, he's costing 1.5 million less. That's uh, 5.5 million versus 7 million. Yeah. So that's, of course, also a way to look at it. So, yeah, premium goalkeepers never were on my radar so much. But maybe I should change my stance on that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what, what can you say from it from an optimization point of view? Why, why do you think the Solvor is recommending it? Yeah, so last season especially, we didn't have any... Like good options to spend our money at so because of the lack of especially forward players okay. so most of the time optimization wanted to have only one or maybe like two forwards but usually the cheap ones and yeah. it insisted spending those extra money to upgrade the goalkeeper instead of getting you know a better midfielder for example uh, okay so yeah. and because of it i owned premium goalkeepers for a long time. I owned Mandy for a long time and I got Ellison towards the end of the season. So both yeah. him and Ederson, Ederson were uh, like optimal or close up suboptimal choices at the end of the season. Okay. But I mean, with the current prices, I think it's definitely worth trying going with a premium yeah. goalkeeper. I mean, I will wait until prediction models give their predictions, but I think premium yeah. goalkeepers will be Again, either optimal or close suboptimal. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm. Besides that, so was this is your turn. Which price points caught your eye so far? Yeah. Well, first of all, I thought Son was quite expensive now at twelve million because I was thinking about doing a Son Salah partnership, but mm. I think that will be difficult now because if you also want to few have a few premium defenders and maybe also a premium attacker, mm-hmm. attacker. Sorry. Then uh, yeah, then then it gets uh, that's already quite a lot of money. Um, and in defense, there's a lot of value to be found around the 4.5 and 5 million marks. For example, there's James Justin, there's Mikolenko, there's uh, Kufal, 
they're all at 4.5. And then also from Arsenal, there is White and Tomiyasu as well. So yeah, a lot of options. And I also quite like Trippier for 5 million at Newcastle. But then again, I think, yeah, going big at the back could still be the better option with guys like Trent, Cancelo, Reese James and others. You know, they have premium prices and that that's for a reason. Uh, there's a lot of points there. So certainly, uh, certainly enough to choose from. Still need to think about what I'll do there. Um, and one I think really will be attractive is Rashford at 6.5 million. It's quite a low price for him. And uh, while well, if he can get his form and confidence back under the new manager, I think that could be definitely a, a strong pick. And then, yeah, I still have my eye on uh, Darwin from Liverpool, uh, even though he's at 9 million. I don't know, but I, for some reason, I have a good feeling about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it will, be it will be expensive to combine him with Haaland. But yeah, let's see. I'll, I, might, I might give that a try. Yeah. Okay, well, let's switch gears and let's talk about analytics a bit more with Sirtop. So the first question I have for you, uh, with the FPL app live now, mm -hmm. um, you know, as it's launched, we can see all the players and their prices. So I think from now, we, or especially you, can really start building your, your model and, and start preparing for the game week one selection. And I was wondering, so for you to use your optimization model, uh, what kind of data do you need to get things going now? And what kind of analysis is used to help you with making your Game Week 1 selection? Yeah, let me go over this with the top-down approach. So the very last step of this chain is using the optimization model. So I use an optimization model for my FPL decisions. Uh, yeah. It is not the only thing I use, by the way, but this is my primary decision-making tool. So... Yeah. Going one step back, to use optimization in FPL, first of all, you need data. I mean, there are right. different kinds of data for optimization, but the main mm -hmm. goal is always maximizing the expected points. Why? Because, mm -hmm. I mean, expected value, or EV in short, it measures the average outcome of any game. And yeah. so not only FPL, but in any game, in almost all games, including betting, we try yeah. to maximize our EV. And it is simply a measure of how well you will do in average if you re you play the game repeatedly. Yeah. And so EV can be calculated in different ways depending on mm -hmm. what you are trying to achieve. It can also mean different things. For example, if we are comp competing in a mini league bus, which we will, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. I might follow a different objective and I might follow a different strategy to maximize my chance of winning against you, yeah. which could be also an expected value function so that's a different kind of ev but it is still how i measure you know how valuable a move is yeah but in fpl we mostly focus on well maximizing our over, overall rank right and if overall rank is also your objective then the best measure to use is the expected value at player level and yeah. you try to maximize its sum Mm -hmm. There are now multiple services and people providing this kind of prediction data information. Uh, some of the names that come to my mind right now is FPL Review. We have mentioned mm -hmm. a few times already. Fantasy yeah. Football Scout has it. Fantasy Football Hub. Fantasy Football Fix. Mm -hmm. And also there are free models like the FPL Kiwi maintains. And there are more people and yeah. doing similar stuff. And uh, I... And I keep hearing that more people will be releasing their model this season. I'm, yeah, 
excited about it. Okay. So yeah, these are some of the models I try to follow. So you get those expected values. So they provide this expected value, or I, as I call it, it's the projected points for every player. Say, as a simplified mm -hmm. example, if Salah has a 50% chance of getting 8 points and 50% chance of getting 4 points, then the expected value will be sum of probability times the expected value for each of these cases. Yeah. So it will give you 6 points. So you do this for Salah, you do this for De Bruyne, and for yeah. all the players. And then you actually calculate these probabilities using historical data, by the way, and yeah. finally get this value. But what do you do with this data? Well, before I go further, do I need to ask you, do you ever check these uh, prediction models first? Uh, well, to be honest, I don't. But I guess in a way I do when I look at your site. But, you know, I don't go to directly to, to those models. And, yeah, I think for the casual manager, it's probably a little bit what we try to do ourselves, right? We look at the upcoming fixture and we try to, to imagine how well certain players could perform. But yeah, you only do that then, of course, for a few players. Uh, I mean, we're human beings, <laughs> we're, sure, we sure. have limited capability. So uh, yeah, we cannot do that for, for all the players. Um, yeah, and, and you said that, that these services look at things like historical data, right? So, so for example, for Salah, he has the game week one fixture now against Fulham away. So will then the, predict, the prediction data consider how he performed in the past against Fulham? And will it also look at how he overall performs in game week one fixtures? Because, you know, I see a lot of people tweeting about that, saying that Salah always is doing really well in the first game of the season. So, yeah, I was just wondering uh, how that how does it work? And, uh, you know, are the models also considering his current form? Are they looking at uh, the opponent's strength? Things like that. And, um, yeah, before you answer, I think, you know, it's really intriguing that, that these kind of services exist. I mean, yeah, I know it exists because you talked about it before, but uh, now we're talking again about it in more detail. And I think, yeah, it's really it's really interesting. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, what, what else can you say about how this exactly works? Yeah, so I think it's a common misconception that we look at the individual player uh, versus a specific team. So we don't have okay. enough evidence to support such comparisons work. for example, Salah versus Fulham. Right. I mean, we what we do is we check Salah's underlying stats. We also check stats of Fulham, like how they perform. Mm -hmm. uh, especially the re recent data is more important here, has more weight. Yeah. And then we try to predict how Salah will do against Fulham. So we don't mm. actually use Salah's like, game week one performance or his performance specifically against Fulham. And the no. reason being is there is usually not enough historical data to model yeah. it after and I mean I understand the, the desire to use that you know Salah does so well in the first game week like every mm -hmm. time he will do it again I mean that might be true but it's hard to measure and hard to prove yeah. Um, but yeah we usually go for the I should say the averages and how you know teams are looking and by the way we, when we also say that models are using historical data. Yeah. These models are, I mean, at the end of the day, are prediction models. So they are trying to predict more stuff, like they are trying to predict minutes by using uh, managers' comments in the press conferences, for example. 
So it, okay. it is not only the historical data, but it also uses the currently available information yeah. so that we can have the best, you know, expected value for a player. Okay. And we also use, I mean, the player's form or opponent's recent games in a way. So ideally, I mean, this should be part of the model. I'm not saying that all models have these components, but they should, ideally. Yeah. And... Yeah, maybe it will be better to talk about uh, these predictive models uh, before the season officially starts. And yeah, I'm also hoping to invite a good predictive modeler to go over hmm. some of these questions together because there are lots of yeah. questions and I don't do predictive modeling myself, but I'm right. yeah, more or less okay. familiar with it. That will be oh. great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay, I will continue though. So yeah. we have the data and if right. you check these values, you can see which premium players for example, have a good upcoming fixture, so then you can adjust your plan. But eventually you need to write down every combination to get the maximum out of your budget, right? Is it better to get players A and B together or C and D instead for the same price? Yeah. So you will check the sum of expected values for these two groups yeah. of players and try to assess which pair is better. Mm-hmm. So, of course, I'm talking from a strictly data point of view. We often add some non-quantifiable information to assess these pairs. For example, A and B, maybe they are more nailed players, and C and D, maybe they are more risky but high-reward players. Right. So yeah. that you can go either, you can either take some risk or play safe, but, I mean, that's the gist of it. So that's yeah. the main idea. But anyway, so once you have the expected value, you start mm -hmm. doing these kind of calculations you will realize that there are more than millions of combinations and i'm not even exaggerating this number if anything i'm saying it very low because there are an insane amount of combinations okay. you cannot write them down even if you want to so if you reduce your so suppose you reduce your target number of players that you're interested yeah. to 60 out mm -hmm. of more than 600 premier league players there are still more than 50 trillion different combinations of 15 players out of those 60. Uh, that's wow. how many combinations we have. Of course, there are li team and position limits. Yeah. But yeah, so the actual figure is usually lower, but yeah, it will be higher regardless. So yeah. to make sure you get the best bang for your buck, you need to use mm -hmm. optimization. So that's, that's the <laughs> end of it. So you need to use optimization to yeah. find the best combination of these uh, players and right. by optimization I am referring to special algorithms we have to solve these problems we solve similar problems in business settings anyway so why not okay. you know use the same algorithms right but yeah anything yeah. you want to add so far oh that's really interesting uh, especially yeah, as you said uh, these these are things that also are done in businesses and <laughs> it's I think it's fun that we are doing this now as well for FPL um, <laughs> Yeah, related to my previous point, I think, you know, even as a casual manager, again, we try to imagine how many points certain players can get in a certain week. But of course, yeah, that's a very limited sample size. Huh? And I think the real trick, as you said, lies in looking at combinations of players to then find the optimal pairs. And uh, yeah, no, I, you know, this is the eighth episode, so I start to understand <laughs> that it's impossible to do this kind of thing without using any kind of, of models for it. So uh, yeah, I, I, I do appreciate that point. So yeah, I'm, I'm listening. Let's, let's see what else you do then mm -hmm. as next step. 
<laughs> yeah, by the way, even if you sometimes, even if you don't directly use it, some content providers, uh, they started using it. So when they share uh, FPL Focal, for example, he was using some of these models, especially at the beginning of the last season, heavily. Okay. So, yeah. So in a way, some of these drafts are making their way into mainstream. Uh, like yeah. Even the casual managers are aware of it to a degree. No, so definitely. Yeah. yeah. So there are different ways to find the optimal combination of players, by the way. Uh, but yeah. the, by simplifying some of the aspects, such as the auto-sub rules, you can write the problem down in a format that is quite fast to solve uh, with the state-of-the-art optimization algorithm. Okay. And when I say op optimization algorithm, that's what we usually call a solver. You okay. might hear right. it a lot. So it's yeah. a program that solves optimization problems and gives you the best solution. And that is called the optimal solution. Yeah. And anything that is not optimal, it is suboptimal. So we usually have a right. single optimal, a unique optimal, and lots of suboptimal solutions. Okay. So any FPL squad you can create within your budget, it's called a yeah. feasible solution. So we will have mm -hmm. tons of feasible solutions. We usually have a unique optimal solution. But yeah. there are lots of what I call close suboptimal solutions. The solutions right. which are worse in terms of the numbers uh, from the optimal solution but they are still yeah. good and they are usually yeah. we usually have lots of such solutions within i will say one percent uh, by the expected value okay. so and i believe one of the best selection among all these combinations is somewhere between those close suboptimals because not you cannot really say that the optimal is the best one in this case because we are doing some approximations and yeah. the predictive models have noise in them anyway. So, but best solution is somewhere around close to the optimal, usually. Okay. Um, yeah. yeah, but however, I mean, since different there are different models, every model will give you a different optimal. And like it's a reviews mm. optimal will be different than hubs or scars or fixes optimal. So, mm. and in the past I shared optimal solutions for different data sources. Yeah. Uh, and I'm planning to do the same this season too, if anyone is interested, because it's usually very good to see which players, uh, appear in mm. every of these optimal models where they agree with each other and where they differ. Yeah, yeah that's true. So, but yeah, okay. So then, if if different data sources lead to different optimal solutions, uh, how do you how do you decide in the end uh, which data source or which solution to go for? Yeah, I started using review last season. I mean, the two seasons ago, since it was the first model I have found online, and it was in okay. a format yeah. already I can feed into my optimization easily, and also based on our interaction with the 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 maintainer, I like the accuracy of the predictions and kept using it. Right. I mean, normally you would like to compare the accuracy of such models. I mean, calculate yeah. and compare, like right. as we talked in the last episode. So, yeah. um, some models uh, are f they are fast to update their models based on recent sol recent results, right. and some of them are slower. And so you can actually maybe pay some attention and see which models are better evaluating, let's say, defense players and which are better at evaluating attacking players, for example. Mm -hmm. But 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, most modelers are nowadays using machine learning approaches, which seems to work better anyway. Okay. All right. So, yes, yeah, it's, it's a difficult question, but yeah. Hmm. Going back to the optimization part, one thing that seems uh, people interesting is the ability to produce multiple solutions. You can right. generate not only the optimal solution, as I mentioned, but you can yeah. also find the second best solution with an optimization trick. So hmm. you are just saying that, can you give me the best except this exact solution? Then you can get right. the second best and then the third best. Uh, so, right. yeah, I have shared a tutorial video on this a while ago. It was kind of a technical uh, episode. Yeah. In that tutorial, I start from the beginning, if anyone is interested, trying it before the season starts. But I will also try to simplify some of my tools going forward for people okay. to try. All right. Yeah, going back, I mean, I mentioned before, but you can find top 20 moves every game week. That's what mm-hmm. I was using. Uh, and then... So it's quite fun to play with these because instead of dealing with thousands of combinations by yourself, which is probably not possible to do unless you're really into FPL, yeah. you can you can reduce the sensible options to a few and choose among them. So the rest is luck anyway. Okay, okay. All right, well, this was really great again. I think even though we talked about a lot of this already during the previous seven episodes, uh, for me, it really helped again to summarize all of it. So, so mm-hmm. thank you for that. Uh, it was good again to cover some of the basics. And I hope some of the other listeners found it useful as well. All right. So next up in this episode, we'll answer some Twitter questions. So thanks for sending those in. And the first one is from FF Scout Joe. And Joe is the host of ScoutCast uh, YouTube channel, uh, who is an inspiring content creator for us. So thank you, Joe, for your question. Uh, he's asking, does your model naturally swerve towards the strong points potential and value of attacking defenders? Or is that factored in and numbers are weighted? Interesting this season, as 5-4-1 may well be the default formation for your model. And he says cheers in advance and we say cheers back to you. So sir up, what do you think? Yeah, thanks for the question and the support since we since the start of this podcast, Joe. And yes, in a way, optimization models, as we discussed, will pick the highest expected point team you can afford with your budget. Yeah. I know reviews model has potential points for attacking defenders already baked in. And mm. so I think his website is closed nowadays, but when it's open, you can see that if you hover over any of those values, uh, yeah. expected value, you will see the details of how it, the components of it, like how many points mm-hmm. from expected goals, how many goal, how many points from potential assists, uh, yeah. and bonus points and clean sheet. Okay. So, so in a way, attacking defenders are usually by default have higher points than other defenders. Yeah. Um, so from yeah. an analytical point of view, it doesn't really matter where the points are coming from. The, mm-hmm. I mean, although you can argue that some like goals we mentioned are yeah. more reliable than assists, but we can probably talk about that later. But when you have the raw values, uh, which we should have after FPL uh, starts and these prediction models start generating solutions, uh, values, Optimization model will automatically find whichever selection and formation is the optimal. 
Right. I, I strongly think we get the bag again will be popular with solvers yeah. due to prices. And mm. by the way, you can also choose a formation or a subset of possible formations. And you can actually ask optimization solver to use only those formations if anyone okay. is interested. So yeah. once we have our first projection data available, I promise to share the best expected value for each of these 20 possible formations. And maybe we can comment on that later. Yeah. Okay. Wow. All right. That will be interesting. And it will definitely help us to make some of our game week one decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'll probably be making some of my drafts during the next couple of weeks, but uh, I'll for sure I will also check your data. Maybe I can steal a few ideas there. Mm-hmm. Let's see. <laughs> so our next question is from FPL Hall Rob, or FPL Hall, and he's asking, how do you adapt for new players coming into the league, the likes of Haaland and Perisic, when creating your model? So yeah. I think we covered that a bit in a previous episode, but how do you want to answer it today? True, yeah, we covered it a little bit. So I know this question, this question is about the models and we we mentioned yeah. it briefly, but let me ask you first, like for new okay. players pass, how yes. do you assess them? Like as a <laughs> self-claimed casual manager, what do you do for new players? It's, yeah, it's difficult as, uh, you know, I know some players better than others. Um, for example, Haaland, I've seen him play several times, you know, full game in, in Germany. So I know he's an exceptional talent and I think he will do well in the Premier League as well. But yeah, for others, it's more difficult to imagine. For example, if you take the new signing from Man United, uh, Malasia, who is a very talented young guy. Um, but, you know, the move from Feyenoord in the Netherlands now to Man United is, is huge. And, and the level of opposition, I think also the, you know, the level of, of pressure during the game, it's completely different than what he's used to. So then, then it makes it more difficult to imagine how, how he will do. So in general, my rule is to stay away from new players and first really judge them during the first weeks of mm-hmm. the new season. And I think that's something many managers do. Uh, but yeah, I might make a few exceptions this year, especially with Haaland coming in. Um, yeah, but I remember when, when you were talking in one of the previous episodes that you said in the data there's a kind of tax used for this. And didn't you call it the Bundesliga tax, for example? Yeah, that's true. That's true. We talked about the Bundesliga tax. So there are right. different ways to calculate the you Bundesliga You notice that tax. I'm listening to you. Huh? I remember this stuff. <laughs> yeah, I'm impressed. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, you can calculate the tax different ways. I will talk about two extremes here, but there are other approaches in between too. Um, the simplest way will be checking the underlying stats of each player, and also yeah. you can apply this. You can check the similar conversions of players in the past. So if fifty players have moved from Bundesliga to Premier League in past. You can check how their underlyings have changed after they come to Premier League. Of course, <laughs> Werner will move it down right. a little bit, but yeah, we yeah. can calculate the Bundesliga tax <laughs> this way. This will be the quickest way to do it, by the way. And you can go a step further and you can compare the games between teams from each of these leagues. So, for right. example, several La Liga teams played against Premier League teams in the Champions League last season. Yeah. Like Villarreal played against Liverpool, Atletico Madrid played against United and City, and Real Madrid played against Chelsea, City, and Liverpool. So yeah. all of these games could give us clues about how these teams are 
compared to each other in terms of strength. Then you can check how these teams perform in their own domestic leagues. So then, yeah, you can apply some uh, conversion between the leagues. Uh, The more challenging, but probably a better way will be adding each individual uh, player data from resources like FBREF and try to simulate how a particular player would perform uh, under certain conditions. And this might sound like a lot of work to do. And I know that most of the series modelers have access to raw data from sources like Opta. Mm -hmm. So they have a lot of information about every player. So they can include any metric they think might be relevant to players' performance. Yeah. You can even include information like how a player's output values will be affected in a new position. And hmm. so even though accuracy in these cases will be lower than usual, obviously when you move from one league to the another, yeah. we, ha- we, we can have an idea using the data, but the reliability mm-hmm. will be lower than players who were already in the league. So as you mentioned, like you are usually skeptical at the beginning and you wait for a few weeks, right? So that's true in data too, because the reliability will go higher when they keep playing. But you can think what I I have said, uh, similar to like running an instance of football manager. So you can, you know, transfer a player and you can simulate the game. And yeah, yeah, you can add as much detail as you want at the end of the day. All right. Okay. Okay, well, I learned a lot again. I hope the listeners did too. Um, and we now came to the end again. It's time to wrap things up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we couldn't cover all the questions which we received on Twitter. So thank you to everyone who who's, uh, sent those in. We'll definitely keep those for next episode. So no worries. We'll come back on it. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Surtop. And next time we'll talk, we can apply some of the theory to the real data. As of now, as we mentioned, the the app as is is available again, and we can start simulating in the actual mm-hmm. tool. And I'm yep. looking forward to spending to be spending some time on that. So I'll be away for next two weeks. I'm going to enjoy some beach time in Greece. Uh, so yeah, do you know already if you'll record an episode next week, maybe with a guest? Yeah, I might skip the next week and rest a bit too. Not at okay. the beach, unfortunately, but at home. <laughs> but okay. uh, yeah, I will have some guests uh, for the week after. It's already scheduled. I will keep the All names right. a secret for now. Okay. But yeah, I can tease the FPL TV to a bit with it. <laughs> yeah, I might still do the episode next week, though. I'm talking with some people to see if they are oh, available. Okay, okay. But it's, it's hard to find anyone because everyone is on vacation nowadays. All right. Well, if anyone is listening and you're interested <laughs> interested in having a chat with Surtop for the podcast, you know, just let him know. Contact him on Twitter. And uh, yeah, whatever happens, I'll be listening in Greece. Uh, so you know, that's already one listener of the show. You can count on <laughs> that. Thanks. So yeah, thanks everyone for the questions and thanks for listening. Um, as always, make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you'll get notified when the next episode comes out. You can also follow us on Twitter. So for Surtop, that's at Surtop Bilal. And for me, that's at Belfi BB. Good luck, everyone, with making your Game Week 1 plans. And we'll talk to you soon again. Bye-bye.